Who likes asking questions? Who likes answering questions? The trouble is, that especially because, you know, I, I don't want to be gender specific at the moment, but often I get my wife come to me with problems and she ignores me when I give her the solution because I've actually come to realise that that's not what she's after. She just wants me to listen to the problem. But who, who as, as a person like me, finds that, there, that there's this urge that comes up inside of them to answer the question, to do what needs to be done? And so my question this morning is, is a bit in line with that. What's a good Samaritan? Is it somebody with the answers? And so we, we need to work this out because over the last couple of weeks we've been discovering our fit in the, in the body of Christ or, or the church. And today I, I want to focus on just one of those areas that we've talked about in, that's in the book of Acts that defines the early church. And the reason I want to do this is of course to prepare for next Sunday. We've heard a bit about it, that already this morning which is Vision Builders Sunday. Uh, and you will have received, as, as they said, a Vision Builders brochure and a commitment form. And before anybody comes up to me after the service to let me know, yes, I know there's a typo. <laughs> but if you can get past that, I think we can do great things. So I encourage you, take those home. If you must put a, a little line through the typo, go right ahead. But read it, absorb it. Uh, it'll let you know what we're about and why we're about it. And those of you who've been around for a while will understand the basic concept. Uh, but for those of you who, to whom Vision Builders is new or an unfamiliar concept, I want to spend a little time outlining it, what we do and the principles behind it. Because the area of giving is one where we all have a part to play and every part definitely matters. And we read in the book of Acts, in Acts 2, Acts 2.44, where it tells us all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and positions and positions? Well, if you can sell one, go for it. Uh, possessions and shared the money with those in need. So we can see here there are two distinct types of sharing here. There's one here where they met together and shared as a church community. And that's, that's one thing we do with, with, with vision builders. We actually seek to build up our, our presence and our prominence in society so that we can have a permanent place and that we can actually offer services to our community. But it says over and above that, they shared with those in need. And that's the second thing we do with vision builders is to reach out and be able to support uh, charities that have a need and we, we're continuing to do that in fact you'll notice we've we've got an, uh, another one that we haven't uh, supported before in there and we'll talk more about this next week but that's what we aim to do with vision builders and I know some of you are thinking but hang on every Sunday somebody comes and talks about tithes and offerings and we, we, we have a weekly offering and this weekly offering is actually what we use as a church to pay Vicky and I a part-time wage. It covers the running cost of the church that allows us to operate on Sunday. It allows us to pay the ever-increasing electricity bills. Um, and it allows us to, to have a presence here during the week. 
And for those of you who are wondering, and it's, it's not a silly question because all churches operate differently, uh, we're, we're a part of the C3 global organisation, um, but we're an independent church. We receive absolutely no monetary support from C3. Our Sunday offerings cover everything. We, however, believe that we are called to do more than just exist as a church. You know, on our Sunday offerings, we could continue hiring the hall and the ministry centre and just do what we do and make sure that we're safe and stay within the boundaries and do the same thing week in, week out, year after year. But we believe that we need to change as we grow. We need to actually have plans to expand and extend our footprint and our activities as a church community. And we're also trying to be able to expand our ability to help those in need outside that community. Now we'll talk about this in detail again next Sunday. Uh, The brochure has further details of what we do and plan to do on both of these fronts. And I also want to mention that while we strongly encourage, I think is the right word, strongly encourage people to give, all giving to C3 Norwood is voluntary and not a condition of being part of our community. And the two questions I think that most people ask, usually they ask themselves because they're not bold enough to ask me because I know because nobody ever asked me. Um, Once they understand what we're trying to achieve with vision builders, uh, these two, one, why should I give to vision builders? Or, Or the second one, how much should I give to vision builders? And so let me answer the first question with a story. Luke chapter 10, verse 29. There's a story here that most of us know, or at least know of. Jesus is talking to a man who who actually asks him the question, who is my neighbour? Am I getting fuzzy up here? Am I? Is it? No, I'll stay here. And it says, the man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus, who is my neighbour? And Jesus replied with a story. I wonder where he got that idea from. A Jewish man was travelling from Jerusalem down to Jericho and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up and left him half dead beside the road. Not a good situation to be in. By chance, a priest came along. But when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but then also passed on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan, just adding to the, I wouldn't actually really spit on a Samaritan, came along and when he saw the man felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he looked, took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling him, take care of this man. If his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbour to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. And there are are lots and lots of different lessons that we can pull from such a a rich scripture. Um, This passage gives us a picture of each of the men who approached the victim uh, of the beating, and we can make various conclusions from that. But the the approach I want to take this morning is to look at their similarities. Because all of these people, including 
the victim, were followers of Yahweh. Even the Samaritan. Who knows that the Samaritans were despised by the Jews, not because their beliefs were diametrically opposed to the Jews, but because they were that close. They were almost the same as the Jews, and it was that almost that really upset the Jews. And so they despised the Samaritans, not because they believed in all sorts of outrageous and ridiculous things, but because they were almost Jewish. Seems strange. Why would you get upset with somebody who's almost the same as you? But that was what happened. Um, funnily enough, I, I, I did a bit of research, discovered there are only about 700 Samaritans left in the world today. And they live in a small area in, in uh, Israel. And uh, they haven't changed since the first century BC. Their practices, religious habits are exactly the same. Um, so there you go. Just something for you to go and chew over during the week. The, all three passers-by had a culturally similar religious background. And all three of them were therefore familiar with the word of God. And yet we get three completely different responses. We get a dismissive one, an indifferent one, and a compassionate one. And the first two responses, I believe, equate to somebody who is complacent in their faith. You know, these guys are going to church regularly, they're praying daily, they're attending dinner parties, they're respectful to their elders, they're treating their children well. They know they're doing the right things and they're just comfortable with their faith walk. The third response requires someone to go the extra mile, or should I say the extra kilometre these days, to move out of their comfort zone and do something that actually requires a sacrifice. The Samaritan sacrificed his resources, oil and wine. He sacrificed his time because he had to... Uh, take him to the inn and, and look after him there. And he sacrificed his finances. We know it was at least two silver coins, and that could well have been more. Now this, this is the spirit that we're looking for with vision builders. We're actually trying to foster the concept that we are actually called as followers of Jesus to go the extra mile. We're encouraging people to make a sacrifice, to dig a little deeper, to venture out onto that extra mile because I believe this is where we start to make a difference. This is where our faith begins to work when we're taking uncomfortable faith steps. That's why I believe that we should become involved in vision builders as a community. How much should you give to vision builders? I know why nobody asked me this question. Everything, all you've got, I'll take, a, I'll take the lot. No, that's not the intention at all. That would be mean and I'm not a mean person most of the time. Our vision is that every person, no matter what their story or situation, would give from their heart to vision builders, freely and generously in worship of God, because it's actually not about equal giving, it's about equal sacrifice. It's about every member of a community purposing from their heart to actually make a contribution that indicates that we are all moving in the same direction. We're not all moving the same mountain. We're not all giving the same amount. We all have different um, abilities. 
when it comes to that. But it's a question of no matter how much you do give, of the fact that you have. I mean, you might, you might want to give up a coffee a week to contribute. That adds up to 260 odd dollars a year, probably 300 if you're into expensive coffees. You may want to give a one-off gift from your tax return. I don't do that because my tax return usually works out negative. You may want to contribute your gym membership because after all, you're not using it. You know who you are. You may, wa you may want to do more than that. I mean, $75 a week adds up to nearly $4,000 over a year. That's a great gift to give. Whatever it is, you need to work out in your heart. And the reason we have these, these uh, little forms in here, we ask people to pledge something. And the thing is, we don't care how much we actually care that you actually do what you say. <laughs> and to, to help you with that, we notice it's nicely perforated and there's a, there's a remembrance part and a commitment card. And, and on Sunday, we'll actually take the commitment part and we'll put it in the basket and we'll pray over it. We ask you to put that on your fridge so that you actually remember that you've pledged something. So it's, it's a good... We, we, we hope people do things voluntarily, but we do our best to make sure that people actually stick to what they say. But it's totally up to you. Repeat after me. It's totally up to me. It's totally up to me. Right. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 gives an instruction to us and a promise. In verse 7 it says, You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure from the guy up the front. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. So I want you to think about it over the coming week. Pray about it and come prepared next Sunday. Because I believe that God, God speaks to all of us. And I don't... I mean, we make a joke of it occasionally, but if, if you're going la, 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 because you're afraid God's going to say something you don't like, stop it. God will stretch your faith, but he's not out to break your faith. God wants to see us sacrifice something, but he's not after killing us as a sacrifice. He's actually after strengthening our faith. The purpose of, of actually doing this is twofold. One, to actually enable us to enact what we've promised or, or planned for in, a, in our vision builders. But the other is actually to grow us all individually as faithful people in the body of Christ. Um, often you know, people ask me, you know, I'm an impatient person. How do I get patience? And I, with a smile on my face, I always say, well, pray for it. Because I know that the only way to get patience is for God to put you in places where you have to exercise patience. And they're all places we don't want to be because it involves a sacrifice. And I think that's, that's, that's what it is here. We actually have to let go of something we're holding on to tightly and say, okay, I'm actually going to take a step of faith, Lord. I'm going to make a sacrifice 
so that you can work with me and through me to achieve what you want to do. Can I ask you all to stand? As I close this morning and give you the, the rest of the week to prepare um, by meditating and praying over, over this and um, overlooking the typos, um, I just want to issue an invitation that we do every Sunday to take part in the blessings and the sacrifice that God requires of every believer. We actually have to take on board the idea that God is our Lord and Saviour. And so if you're online and you want to take advantage of that, you actually want to step out this morning and say, I'm going to, I'm going to from this day forth, be a follower of Jesus and allow Him to speak into my heart and to be the Lord of my life. There's a button you can press in the chat and a member of our team will actually speak with you and talk about you with the next steps to take to becoming a follower of Jesus. But if you're here this morning, I want to give you that same op opportunity, but in person. If I can ask you all to close your eyes and bow your heads. If you're here, you may never have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Saviour before, or you, you have in the past, but you're not living your life as a child of God right now. I want to offer you an opportunity to take that step, saying, okay, I'm actually going to release my will and accept the will of God for my life this morning. If that's you, you want to do that, I'd love to speak to you after the service and encourage you to do that. But while every eye is closed right now, if that is you, could you just raise your hand so I can see it, so I know who I'm talking to? Awesome. Let me pray for you before we go. Lord, I thank you that you are ever-present in our world. Sometimes the barriers that you need to break through are ones we've put up. So Lord, we repent right now. We allow you free access to our hearts and our spirits. Guide us, encourage us, and grow us. In Jesus' name. Amen.